Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Breaching Extinction podcast. Here for our, our bi weekly poor episodes that were more than bi weekly this time because I left my book in Newport and then got COVID. And then, whoops. Um, but I'm here with Shelby and Liam this week. How are we doing? We're doing good. We look great. Nice. How are you doing? Uh, you know, still having COVID. So it's great. It's a great time. Um, and I am vaccinated. So that's like, that was like a fun little like twist of events for me. I was like, oh, okay. This is what yeah. we're doing. Yeah. That just goes to show though, like it, that you are, like, it's good that you are because otherwise you'd probably feel worse. That was like yeah, my thought too. Yeah. I'm like super sensitive to like getting sick and I have had to have like sinus surgery before. So um, I really like, yeah, I feel like it could have been really bad. Like I, if I wasn't vaccinated, because I feel mm-hmm. pretty shitty right now. So, um, bless you, Peaches. But she just sneezed. Peaches hopefully does not have COVID. I was gonna say yeah. <laughs> um, hopefully not. But yeah. Um, so get vaccinated, everybody. Go get your booster shot <laughs> right now. Um, yeah. How about you guys? How's life? What's new? Yeah, I'm just settling in on Vancouver Island and just lots of exploring. I saw orcas from the shoreline last week or the week before. I can't remember, but right off the coastline of Victoria. So I felt very lucky because all of the residents were like freaking out and saying like how rare of an occurrence it was. And that was um, exactly one week since I had been here. So I just felt really lucky. It was um, a couple transients. It wasn't their southern residents, but it was still super cool to see. That's dope. Yeah, uh, nothing too much with me other than that I've just now started working. Oh, fun. finally working. <laughs> yeah. So. No, where hope, is working? Mm, it's a bit of a. It's a bit of a secret. Uh, I think that's a secret, but I will say that I'm not working in any kind of bank because I know recently that. That people that uh, a lot of banks have been getting caught with funding a whole bunch of um, really horrible like environmental destruction practices. I just want to say I'm not working for a bank. Okay, we'll just say you're an accountant. <laughs> <laughs> or it's more of a behind the scenes of a, a scenes of a certain uh, of a certain store that's been around for a good a long period, noticeably long period of time. So Liam has a secret job. And Shelby, everyone submit your guesses. <laughs> yeah, literally, yeah. What is, where is Liam's secret job? Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, this week's icebreaker question is what kind of mythical creature would you be if you were a mythical creature? Shelby, what is your mythical creature? I would be a mermaid. Oh, because, yeah. For is all that what you were going to say? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just, uh, yeah, to have like the tail and be able to swim underwater and stuff would be super cool. Yeah, for sure. I guess I could like, I don't know. I feel like I have to pick something different because you picked that. So I feel like I would be like a fairy or an elf. Like if I can't be a mermaid, I'll be like some like woodland creature. Yeah. Probably a fairy, just like being small and flying around. And like, I like, I feel like they just have glitter and sparkles to throw everywhere, which I'm very interested in that. And you'd be so tiny. Like you could be so sneaky too. Really so sneaky. That'll be great. What about you, Liam? Uh, 
probably like a dragon or something like oh, that. Nice. Very nice. I know it's kind of basic, but it's there's some there's some uh, good classic. some classic, yeah. <laughs> All righty. So we are here to get back to our um reviewing of Endangered Orcas, the story of the Southern Resident by Monica Whelan Shields. And this week we did chapter seven, whale organizations, people, passion, and politics. And then chapter eight, the most watched whales in the world. Um, any initial thoughts? I feel like both of these chapters just shared the theme of like politics in general surrounding the whales. Like, but like the first one about organizations clashing on their different views around things and then the second chapter about all of the controversy around different types of whale watching so I think that was like what made I found these two chapters a little bit heavier and super information packed and I think that's wise because you know we keep circling around the theme of just controversy around the whales and this was here yeah I think like yeah I definitely think it's like important to talk about and I'm glad that like she included it because it is something that really like does get in the way. Like I think at the end of the day and like I've experienced a lot of these things like firsthand that she's talking about it. We all see it go down on the internet and like, it's like unfortunate that like something so awesome can cause such a divide among people. Like it's just like opinions. Um, Yeah. But like, I feel like it's definitely, it seems better than what she's described, like where she talked about like people like not getting like research published because that they didn't like do sexual favors and like things like that. But like, also like I have personally experienced sexual harassment in this industry, like working around the Southern residents and like, so, I mean, maybe it's not better, but it's, yeah, it's, it's not good. Um, but I like, I don't know, like, I feel like she's like, it divides us, but like, I also do see people too, like kind of side with like her organization or be like, I'm an OBI fan. Like Monica Whelan Shields is the best researcher in the world. Like I've literally heard people say that gotten like messages like that. I'm like, that's cool. But like, I feel like we don't have, like, we don't, it's not like scientists versus scientists. Like, I don't know. I think it's weird. Um, and I'm not saying that she at all, like, is perpetuating that, but, like, even if she, like, recognizes it, like, people still do it anyways. I don't know. It's weird. Yeah, I think that, like, and she kind of mentioned this as well, but I think people are just, like, so passionate about the whales that it, yeah, it's, like, um, comes in neg- in a negative aspect where people just get, like, super um uh, I'm losing my words today, but just uh, greedy. Like they think like that they like own the whales because like yes. they care the most about them. And they, I, I don't know, the, the specific words are escaping my brain yes. right now, but I have, um, yeah. I, think I have, where is it there? Well, she was talking about the names, but there's this quote that I have here. It's, she says, there's a bizarre, or there's also a bizarre competitive undercurrent to whale watching where everyone wants to be the first one on scene the first to see a new cap, the first to determine the baby's gender, the first to post photos of an amazing encounter, to see the most and to, um, and the best and to miss nothing. Um, but she did, there is a quote in here about greed as well. But yeah, 
yeah like, exactly she was talking about the naming like she said that like like they started naming the whales and then that was like controversial because like we don't want to anthropomorphize them but like you know talked about like the benefits of naming them and how it helps people to connect and like when I was like ta- when she- I was reading through the parts where she was talking about like all the drama of like who gets to name the whales is it like Ken Balcombe is it like the museum is it like people who donate and I'm I literally like in my head I was like who literally gives a shit like <laughs> I'm sorry, but who cares? Like, I definitely will like weigh in and be like, that is a dumb name or I like that name or something. But like, why does it matter? Like who names the whales? It just seemed really stupid to me that like so many people were like, that was something to get upset about. Like, it's not, you know? Yeah. And um, so what do you know how it works right now? Like, I remember voting on the recent babies. Was that through the whale museum? I thought it was through the Whale Museum. So I think it like changed. And then now it's like, it was like, it was through Ken Balcombe and now it's through the Whale Museum. Um, so yeah. I guess. And even so, like we voted on, I think it was three names and it's like, who decides those top three names? Like that's also. Yeah. 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 yeah I think it's a select group of people who come up with some names and then they throw those names out and then you're supposed to like, it's and then turns into a democracy of like who, which name gets the most votes. I think it's just like, like, it's just like funny because like, I often joke with like my friends who I, who are in this industry and I'm like, there is so much like mental instability. Like I'm like, there's no emotional like maturity and there's no professionalism in this field. Like it's just lacking. <laughs> Um, and I, it's just funny, like, cause it's, it, this is not a new thing. Like, and I'm hoping that maybe we can like work through this because clearly it gets in the way. Um, but it's just like, I don't know. It's, it's funny because of how, like, it's not funny because it actually is like harmful to like us achieving our goals, but it is funny because it seems so silly, you know, but I like, so when she was talking about, Carrie Koski, who was like the person in charge of Soundwatch. There's this quote that I have underlined where she was talking about how like she wanted to be a biologist and then she was turned off to it because she viewed it as a male dominated field full of big egos. And I was like, wow, Mm -hmm. wow, nothing has changed. I'm like, that's literally every photographer, every biologist, like not every biologist, but like a lot of them. Like, I don't see, like, I feel like I don't know like Monica and Giles are not like that like they're not egotistical I feel like they're in it but like it's just like funny because you see it in a lot of other places yeah I feel like in my perspective before is that like in other STEM fields like there has been a lot more like female presence but you're out of the three of us like you're the most immersed actually in the industry so you can relate to it like not being as maybe forward as other industries yeah like they're definitely like it definitely has been it was male dominated for a while like obviously like the big people who like started this like John Ford Ken Balcombe Michael Biggs like Mm -hmm. all men obviously um and now like we're definitely seeing a higher prevalence of women and like you know the American Citation Society just published a journal like in the last year about like trying to retain women in the field. And they did like an entire, like, like when they sent out their little magazine, it was like all about that, like about different women's issues in the field, Um, which I'm glad to see that we're talking about, like, and it's more on the forefront. So like progress is being made slowly, but surely, but 
um I don't know maybe we should like take advice from the whales and like let what when lead things <laughs> yeah what a great idea I think that Love could it. work <laughs> <laughs> I honestly like I don't know being like in academics myself like I could not even comprehend research and data not being published because of petty issues like that Dude, like I just can't even that's my ridiculous that honestly that kind of petty drama which I think I'm I know I'm just now saying something but I think uh these two chapters sort of definitely highlight the amount of like sort of that 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 ugliness that can sometimes uh exist um with loving which well well it's, yeah eventually it's just the ugliness where it becomes just it becomes less about you know wanting to improve whales and more of just wanting to um putting putting yourself up on a on a pedestal or think that uh make it seem like you're the one you're the one that sort of matters in that situation so it's just the, i don't know it's just the idea it's so ridiculous that people are going so f- went so far and and to this day probably still are going to like not get like vital information uh published just because you know of some petty drama or just petty requests and it's just that kind of that kind of thing like should not matter really I completely agree with you. And like, I come, like, I see exactly what she's talking about. And like, there are a lot of people where it's like, it's more about them than about the animals at the end of the day. And like, there was like a quote in here at some point where they were like, never get to know your heroes. I don't know if you guys saw like this week that the Columbus zoo lost their AZA accreditation. Um, yeah, I didn't and- see you share that. Yeah. yeah, you just- yeah. That's the zoo that. that I got my start at. Jack Hanna was a person that I looked up to. And it comes out that there's all this scandal of like his ambassador animals that were supposed to be used for like breeding programs were actually being given to like roadside zoos. And there's like, I mean, it seems like money was probably exchanged because why else would you do that? But it was like super sus. And like, it's yeah. so unfortunate because like there there have been people in this field that I've looked up to. And then I like find out that they're not the best people. And like, it just sucks. Like there was like a photographer that I really loved growing up. Um, and like his photos are like, you know, he photographed all the animals that I was interested in, like polar bears, manatees, whales. And then like, I come to find out that like, you know, he, is a very like money hungry person, like very ego driven. And like, in fact, has connections to governor Inslee and won't speak up for the Southern residents, won't say anything about them. And like, I'm like, cool, this is heartbreaking, but there's a lot of egos and like, it's really sad. And I like, what I find myself like always coming back to, to like try to ground because it's super easy. And she talks about it in here of like, to get wrapped up and like further entrenched in this like whale drama, basically. Um, is when Gloria told me to like use the whales as your compass. And I think a lot of people forget that at the end of the day. And like, you see so many like biologists and like not a ton of biologists. Like there, there are definitely like a lot of people out there, but like, I see like the whole Instagram culture. I hate it. Like these people are out here like, oh, like I'm helping the whales, but like sharing information that's not factual. And like, it's clearly all about them and not about the animals. And like, people are literally harassing the animals to like benefit for themselves. And like, 
Jack Hanna just harassed the animals to benefit for himself. And he's like supposed to be a really big conservation guy. And like that fucking sucks, you know? Um, it's unfortunate. Like it's, it's heartbreaking. There are definitely still good people. And it's, I think it's important to surround yourself with those people. But I also think it's important to be mindful that like a lot of people do make that switch where they come in it for the animals and then they, they end up being in it for, which it sounds silly because it doesn't seem like there's a ton of money in conservation, but like, if you do like photography or if you're like raising funds, like it can turn into that. And like, that was the other thing with yeah, the or competing for grants. Yeah. Like misplaced funds. Um, they were basically like, there was like a misuse of like $630,000 and it's like, that's a lot. Um, yeah. It's a, it's a mess. I really hate whale culture. Like sometimes, like I, I, I have a love hate relationship. Like, you know, I went and spent some time with the co-extinction film crew and like, those are the type of people that inspire me. You guys are the type of people that inspire me. Like, and I try to surround myself with those people, but it's like, like sometimes the people that I see out in the water day to day, I'm like, I'm not inspired by, like, I feel very bitter towards. And like a lot of the posts that I see and like, you know, I've personally had my name dragged through the mud because of like my opinions on things and people be hateful and like create issues because that we just don't see eye to eye on stuff. Like it just, it doesn't have to be that way, you know, but it is. Yeah. People get personal about the whales and then the whale issues get personal. Yeah. Yeah. Even though, even though they don't, even though they're not personal, people find ways to make it personal. They yeah. definitely don't. Yeah. I think that's the hard thing about it being like, such a relatively small industry and like if you're um it's one thing to as yourself or as like your immediate group make the whales your compass but it truly does need to be a collective goal amongst the whole industry because like we need collaboration and we need everyone to be on the same page to make progress with the whales and yeah it's only going to work if like everyone has that open mentality no I completely I agree with you. Like there's like, I've just noticed there's like missed opportunities with people like, um, so like when Brian Jenkins and I did the, um, it's about damn time campaign. Um, he like sent it out to a bunch of people and was like, Hey, do you guys like, can you share this? He sent it to like every orca person that he knew. And like, he had someone, um, who I've never interacted with in my entire life, um, respond to him and say, no, I can't share anything that Breaching Extinction is affiliated with because of their views on whale watching. Um, yeah. So it's like, cool. Like, I mean, like not, like not cool. That was me being sarcastic, but it's just like, unfortunate. Yeah. That, like there would like, even though we don't see eye to eye on like, if we should watch the Southern residents, like you can't share a campaign when like you have a large platform about um, how to help the animals. Like, it just seems mm -hmm. like, it's just like, it's sad. It's a missed opportunity. Like, and like I don't know I just like always yeah. think Jim Whitehead of like it, he used to smoke bomb whale watches whale watching boats and like if him and I can be friends and be on the same page and like have a conversation literally anyone can so yeah I was gonna say like the whole point of this is to just have a conversation and like that's that's what you're trying to do and yeah that's yeah. unfortunate that uh this individual couldn't get past that yeah 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 I agree. And it's like one of those people that's like, like people look up to in the field and it's like, don't get to know your heroes. Like, yeah. it's like, it's really unfortunate because like the more people that I get to know that were like quote unquote heroes are like 
not great people. And it, it, it makes you wonder is like, did, did you make a name for yourself? Cause you were doing shady things. Cause like there's some of the people that I know that are making the most impact and like doing the most for the whales don't have like huge followings, like from their career or from social media or whatever, because they're just too busy doing the damn thing that they don't have time for that, you know? Yeah. They're actually out there putting in the work. Yes. Not just uh, talking about it. Yeah, exactly. Not just talking about it and how just we should talk about it and stuff. So as I say here on my podcast, literally all I do is just talk about it. No, that's not what I meant. No. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I, no, meant like, other, I meant just like re- putting an image out there like on social media versus actually yeah this is, this is not yeah what, no what I was this is yeah. what this is not the same as somebody like reposting or just kind of vomiting out the same thing that somebody else said yeah and then occasionally having the goal to call it to say that it was their own yeah yeah 100 like that's another thing is like I definitely see people like sharing stuff and like you know sharing ideas and acting like it's original when it's not and it's like it can be disheartening at times um but I mean it kind of like makes me feel a little bit better to know that this has been a thing for a while that it's not like a new thing that has like occurred like that I don't know that we started the problem or something I do like think and hope that it will get better because I have to because the other option is that it doesn't and I don't like that option so yeah um yeah but I mean like all the things that she said about whale watching were like pretty on point of like all the drama um I also thought it was like really interesting I didn't know that they well I read this a while ago but I forgot that they like there were those two companies in Canada that were like hiding whales from each other and then they would like see each other I'm like that seems silly um but also like too like she made some comments about the PWWA being like on top of things and ahead of things and that's like from what I've from the stories that I've heard from other people who have like been in this field for a really long time and from like what I've personally experienced I don't necessarily agree with that standpoint um I think that there's there's a lot of pushback and like you like even with the most recent set of regulations like there was literally so much pushback they were not ahead of it they were like not willing to do it and I think like they they could have been more ahead of it and that's all so um yeah I I just the whale watching industry is an interesting one and like I think there definitely is a lot of value to taking people out to show them the animals but also like I think too, like a lot of people, yeah, they have these high expectations, but one of the things that I've noticed is if you set the bar really low before you, the trip goes out and you're like, Hey guys, no, we've been on social media before we've seen some things. I can guarantee you, we're going to see some water. We're probably going to see a cloud. We might see a whale and then just be like, the whale's probably going to breathe from far away. And that's what's going to happen here. And if you set that standard and you go out, people are like happy after that. And like, also, I think that most people don't need to see a Southern resident to like, mm-hmm. you know, um, feel connected to it. You can show them a transient. You can show them a bald eagle. I'll show people a freaking humpback whale. And then I'll be like, okay, but the Southern residents and they're like, wow, that's so interesting. You know? So yeah. yeah, I, well, that's like the whole thing she was saying with all the whale watch companies advertising whale sightings guaranteed. And that, like, if they made it just more of a general environmental focus tour instead of just a whale tour, 
it could be more, people could have more realistic expectations. But again, it's like everyone needs to collectively move towards that because one whale company isn't going to take off their whale guarantee when every other whale watch company still has it on because obviously customers are going to go where they're guaranteed to see whales. Yeah. Yeah. It's bad. The thing is uh, with these, uh, yeah, you know, with the whale watching industry is that it, there's, I think they're treating it too much like a normal business where it's still, they're still, they're tr- the whales are being uh, seen almost like a product essentially that yes. you pay money for and you're yeah. going to get it. And they're oversell and they're overselling it. Uh, even though, yeah, they're overselling this idea of, of going out to watching whales, even though, if, even though that's, generally speaking not really what happens so with so if you know you gotta uh, with the whale watching i think there needs to be there needs to be emphasis on hey this is yeah this is a business but this is not uh you know money you know really isn't uh it's not the bottom it's not the bottom line necessarily and it's also not um like our main focus to you know to actually find a whale it's to to yeah essentially just as you were talking about uh just have that bar set low and uh you know maybe just talk about you know maybe not necessarily um uh, seeing just whales also probably like a good idea uh instead of just um of building the idea of you seeing whales just build the idea of hey you get to be in this environment out on the water and if there are whales nearby you know that's a not where whales usually are and that can be you know it, it'd be a fun it'd be a fun experience if it does happen yeah, yeah yeah sort of not overselling it too much i think should yeah no i totally agree with you because i think people show up and they like she talks about like it's kind of like a sea world attitude or something i that wasn't the exact words that she used but yeah, yeah, sea world mentality, sea world, sea world syndrome, or something like that. Yeah, like where people think that they're gonna see a breach. Like I tell people, yeah. like before we go out, I'm like, you know, we're gonna we're gonna go see some animals. Like hopefully, there's a chance we always don't, but like, you know, most of the time they're breathing from a distance, and if we get to see them do one of their surface behaviors, and we are incredibly lucky. And like, you know in Monterey, that's a little bit harder because uh, the standards here are really high because our whales are pretty active and like, they're pretty awesome. Like not going to lie, but like, we also do have those normal whale watch days where like, we don't see anything or like, you know, it just, it just is nature. And I think that's the thing is like, people need to understand nature. And I think Liam, you hit the nail on the head when you're talking about, they treat it too much like a business and like, yeah, at the end of the day, like it still is a business, but you're working with nature and you can't control nature. So it's like, yeah, exactly. And also like, I feel like forcing encounters is never good. And then she also like in her, like she was talking about how this experience where she was like sitting, waiting for the whales on shore and she knew not to leave. She waited for all the other whale watch boats to leave. And she waited until all the people were gone because she knew that she was going to have a really good encounter. And I'm telling you every single, like all of the best whale encounters that I have ever had in my life. It is when we are the only boat on the water it is like when our engines are shut off and like, we're just chilling like every single time without a doubt. Um, best encounters always happen when you're alone. And I think that's because like less chaos, you know, less noise, all these other things. Um, but also, you know, I feel like sometimes the whales know, like if, if people come out with really high expectations, I feel like I never have a good trip whenever people like not, a, not saying never have a good trip when I, I have like an average trip. 
but I always have like spectacular trips when people have an attitude like I'm just happy to be on the water I don't really care like what we see or don't see like it's like I there's no way to like prove that but I kind of feel like the whales know they're like oh okay like I'm not 100% agree I think that there's like some communication or like some sense there that they totally know yeah, I think the whale, the whales can probably, you know, they can piece together, you know, what, uh, what's going on, um, probably just by the amount of boats or the amount of movement or whatever. Or something. Yeah. But also, I mean, if you think about it too, like say, for example, like, you know, you're in a forest or, or the mountains or something somewhere, and you're like getting stalked by like a mountain lion or like a group hmm. of lions, like yeah, notice that. But if there's a mountain lion like passed out, just like on a rock as you're passing by, like, I don't know, you're going to sense the energy. So maybe it's something like that of like, it's yeah, like sensing the response. Response. yeah, yeah. So yeah, I think probably just the, the, the selling point, well, the, the selling point yeah. should be, should not be the idea that you should get to see a whale. The selling point should be that you get to be in an, in a great environment that yes. most people probably don't have that good of access to. I would agree with you. Yeah, I think ultimately this all comes down to like, like basically like a lot, like she's addressing the major problems of like why we have the issues that we have in the first place, which is ego, money, like, mm-hmm. and the way that people value and treat the whales. And like she says in there too, she's mm-hmm. like, I really feel like anybody that works with them genuinely has like the best intentions and wants the best for the whales. And I agree with her, but I also think that like they, that like selfishness takes over a lot of the time because like, we've all seen the posts of like, I, I'm going to get so much shit for this. I already know, but people like whining about not being able to watch the Southern residents and it's just like, leave them alone. Like <laughs> they're not around anymore. Watch them from land. Like just like there's 30 years of data that says that it's negatively impacting them. It's so critical right now. Just leave them alone. Like what's best for the whales right now, based on the information that we currently have, based Mm -hmm. on different types of studies that have replicated the same results for 30 years, leave them alone, (laughs) you know? And I also think for the general passenger, like an orca is an orca. I would agree with that. Like, I feel like they don't see it. And like, also I've been able to make those connections with people when they're looking at a humpback, when they're looking at a dolphin, like you can very yeah. easily make the transition. I bet you I could look at a seal and be like, this is, look at this harbor seal. This harbor seal spans all the way up to Washington. Guess who lives in Washington, the Southern residents. And then like, yeah. like, it's not hard. Like, I mean, it, it, it's definitely a little bit more challenging, but like there, I, and I do think that there is an impact of seeing the whales themselves, but like most people, and I think that's the other thing that we have to remember is like the standards are, are different for the average general person. Like the first time that I saw a killer whale, I was like really far away from the killer whale. Um, I I saw Stanley and his group and I did not care how far I was from the whale. I was like, like, and I, I even remember asking too, I was like, wow, like I did like notice that there was a distance and like, the naturalist on board explained why we had such a distance. And I was like, this is awesome. Cause like I was in Florida where they were driving over top of the whale or the dolphins and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but like people don't care. Like they're happy to see an animal. Like I had passengers out a few weeks ago that like, like fat fin and like his little friend was here and like, they were like swimming around a whole bunch and they were just like darting all over the bay. And like, they would pop up like 
really far away and like things like that. And these people did not care. They were like, that's the coolest thing I've ever seen. And I'm like, nice. Nice. Yeah. Anyways, there's my brand. I have I have a lot of I was like before we recorded this, I was like, I'm not gonna talk. I'm gonna let them talk because (laughs) everyone knows my opinions on this. Um, but yeah. Did you guys have any other thoughts since I've been taking over the whole thing? Sorry. I guess just it's important to make sure that your love does not turn into lust. Ooh, I like that, Liam. That's good. Strong words from Liam today. Liam. Truth. Coming at us, yes. I think that's going to be the title of this poor episode. You know, that's love, not lust, something like that. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> um, what about you, Shelby? Uh, no rose-colored glasses. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I guess just, I don't know, back to Gloria's statement of, like, using the whales as your compass. I feel like everyone just needs to, like, write that down and look at it every day. <laughs> yeah. As a reminder. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think that uh, the situation is too critical and we're in too much of a time constraint for like people drama to be taking over the whales. Like that is selfish of us, like as a species to, for our selfishness to affect their progress that we are impacting, so. Yes, I 100% agree with that. Well, thank you everybody for joining us for this longer porpoiseode. Not super teeny. Whoops. We're um, into part three next. Yes, week. we're into part, part three. three. So we only have, let's see here. Um, so that's like, that's going to be the last one because there's 10 chapters. So, um, yeah. but it'll be not, it, we'll, we'll still do the bi-weekly and then we'll move on to another book. So um, if you guys want to, read another book with us you can like drop some comments on the potential next book um and then we'll pick it and announce it um on the next episode but thanks for being here thank you thank you bye bye